What is up, guys, and welcome to the Meeple Money Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason. And I'm James. How are you doing this week, James? Not too bad, Jason. Not too bad. It, it's been a couple of weeks. It has been a couple of weeks. Yes, yes. You were gallivanting off doing some stuff. I was. A couple of weeks ago. I and was. Uh, we didn't manage to get a recording in before you did such things. No. What was it you went to do? It was a gig or something, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, was it good? It was. Worth it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. good. You went away with a couple of our our friends to yes to to dance the night away. Indeed. Now the question is, James. I believe you were in Southampton. Southampton. Did you check out any game stores while you were down there? We didn't. <gasps> That's shocking. Yes, that is a bit shocking. I think you deserve a slap on the wrist for that one, James. Yeah, there was a, a pretty cool shop in one of the malls that did sort of like you know general geek memorabilia okay had a whole section of alphabetized band t-shirts which i was very excited about i was just sort of like i could have spent a lot of money yeah Yeah. i had to resist i had the credit card with me i was like no don't do it (laughs) alphabetized you say as well literally i'd be able to literally scroll through my spotify playlist go oh t-shirt yep yep t-shirt yep yep literally (laughs) it was like oh um, really, probably the best selection of band tees and band apparel nice. that I've seen in quite a while. It's just sort of like, oh, I can See, spend uh, ridiculous amounts <laughs> of money in this shop right now. So all all I'm hearing, James, when you're talking about that, is, is just taking me back to my American holidays and going to like what Hot Topic used to be. Yeah. You know, like when, when I used to go to the States years and years ago, that was where I went to get my old banties until i was told about better places obviously but yeah. uh yeah yeah and now i just have the south park song going through, <laughs> through my head that south park skit is awesome where they're burning down the hot, hot topic, topic. <laughs> classic classic oh, episode i love the goths <laughs> indeed i i love that episode but yes um, going on to this week, James. How are you doing this week? Yeah, I'm good this week, James. Yeah, got a bit of a cold coming. I though. do feel like I have a bit of a cold coming. That, that's not good. It means editing is going to be an absolute nightmare this week, isn't it? You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, great. Just, just away from the microphone, you know, when you need to or whatever. We'll, we'll do what we can do. Yep. But uh, don't blame me, listeners. It's, it's James's fault. Yep. I've, I've, I've pre-warned you. Yep. Pre-warned you. It's fine. I'm dosed up on medication. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so that's why you were swerving as you drove into my road. Oh, I understand now. Everything makes sense. No, that's just how I drive. <laughs> <laughs> true. It is very true. I can't. Is it? I mean, is it a, a recording night if I don't jukes of hazard it into the parking space outside <laughs> your house? <laughs> this is true. I mean, you'll you'll have a, probably your own personal parking space because I've I've got to put. My family car into the garage because it's now run out of road tax. Yes, for, for the for the road tax people, I have already done that. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, not got to clear the garage out first, but uh, naughty me. I mean, it's to be fair, it's been sat there for what six months now. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't get used. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got to put it in the garage now. So that's a pain, but yep. you know, got to do what you got to do. Uh, it would just mean that there's a, a parking space available for you, James. That's just that one car length closer to my front door. Yeah. Don't you feel special? I, I might even do. roll out a carpet of some sort, <laughs> like a bit of a carpet offcut or something. You don't deserve the red carpet, let's be honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 
we have uh, we've not really been gaming much. No, so much because we've you were busy and then I was busy with work. Yeah, well, we I think we made up for it the week before because we had I think we, we spoke crazy. about yeah. we spoke about that on the last episode we did record that we had some upcoming game nights. So yeah, we got we got extra gaming in the week before. We did indeed. Uh, we've had a couple of times of gaming since since then. Um, <laughs> one of the ones that we played again was Ark Nova Marine World. Yes, uh, that was not off first experience of playing that but we've had a couple of experiences james how do you feel about it at the moment i'm really enjoying it yeah now the question i guess on a lot of people's mind is do you need it and does it change the game enough because i mean i'll come in and say i think it does considering we still haven't played the entire expansion yeah you know we, we've i've now played it with the the drafting mechanic at the start yeah which is really good but i mean those additional I, yeah. I did look at them those additional cards for your tableau yeah oh some of the things that they do yeah exactly and and it's it's a nice balance because you're drafting yeah you, you're not gonna have all of your cards upgraded it'll only ever be like two yeah so you kind of have to well do i actually want to have this card as an upgrade or i i, I still think drafting is one one of my favorite mechanics because it is it, i love that I really want this, mm. but do I want you to have that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I will say, because one of the things I will always say, when it comes to upgrading cards within Ark Nova, the one I tend to steer clear of more often than not is the build card. Yeah. However, I was looking at some of the updated build cards and they are rather filthy to yep. the point that I would actually kind of want them. Yeah. Which will change my game plan. Oh, yeah, I, I see. I'm interested to play it because I haven't played it with those cards yet. Mm. But the one I tend to avoid upgrading is animals. Mm. Interestingly enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say with you, the way you've played the game quite a lot is you tend to get a lot more of the special enclosure things yep. down, don't you? As opposed to constantly creating animals and, and yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's one of those things. It's not even that. It's Yes, some of the animals require you to have upgraded animals cards, but they're few and far between. We've not had a game where lots of them have come out where mm. I felt the necess necessity to yeah. do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, the animals one is kind of one of those. It's kind of, if I'm going to upgrade cards, it'll be one of the last ones. But yeah, I, I find it a bit more useful than the building one. Yeah. Um, the only I thing just... I would upgrade the building one is if I've adopted a, a thing for like the birds and stuff, so that I can build the, is it the aviary? Yeah, and, and the reptile has. Yeah. I find that they're more useful earlier on yeah. than animals. Like yeah. I said, unless just the deck draw happened to spit out a ton of uh, animals that required you to have yeah. animals upgraded. The I think the last couple of games we've played, the only time I've ever seen that requires animals too has been in the initial draw. Yeah. And in which case, it's one of the ones that I've been because it's like, well, I'm not going to get that for at least a few turns. A yeah. few turns, and it's just going to clog my hand up. So, bye. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I will say, just closing on on Marine Worlds for the discussion this time, because we are inevitably going to be talking about that expansion. Oh yes. Um, in the last game that we played together, yeah, 
how different was that game with all that new stuff in there because we had the wave icons were coming out left right yep. and center I, and see that that's refreshing the, and the that, coral icons yeah that is a mechanic see i still haven't taken full advantage i haven't done a coral playthrough mm. i know and took full advantage uh, he got as a, did i yeah he got a really good chain going at one point mm. with those uh but i love the wave mechanic and i think it's something that that game desperately needed yeah 100 percent. especially adding all them extra cards as well yeah um now that central cards uh display is just flushing through it constantly it's really really good that is probably my favorite thing yeah so far i i remember what it was like when you got and when you got the original arc nova mm. we played we played the hell out of that yes i can see marine world's I was getting back to that. It's going to be mm. every couple of weeks. It's going to be yeah. Let's yeah. play. Let's play yeah. on over. Yeah, I mean, we introduced John to it at the game club, and he went out and bought within, it within twenty four hours. He'd bought it. He was three D printing inserts, among other things. <laughs> yep, and he's properly into it now. I think he's still waiting for the expansion because apparently it's still not delivering in the UK, which actually surprises me. But who knows? That could be a very very short time until that does deliver because it's due imminently. So, yeah, mm. Art Nova Marine Worlds. Looking forward to playing it some more. I'm not going to talk about the other games we've been playing, James, because we've got a lot to talk about today. Yes. We don't have a game to talk about that we played this time last year. But what I do want to talk about very, very quickly, James, is uh, the day that we're recording this is the end of our competition uh, for the giveaway for the uh, Flamecraft promos that's, uh, that we've been running on our social media. Um, I've announced all of the winners but uh, i'm yet to hear from a few of them yep because i need their addresses to send them their their promo cards so um we're gonna announce those people on the podcast as well so if you do hear your name contact us with your your details but um james we've played a game with this uh with this here promo card have we not we have played a game with how this. did you find it it's filth <laughs> it is indeed so would you like to read what the shop is james I'll give you the the honour of announcing the shop. Okay. The rare medium. End of turn. Place four coins seven spaces ahead of you on the heart track. Next turn, reach that space to gain the coins or remove them. Indeed. You did that a couple of times. You failed the first time. I did. I did. I believe... I stopped you from you, doing it. You did stop me from doing it. I don't think you did it intentionally. I didn't. But um, you you reveled in your victory when you did. Yep. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, that on its own, that's the shop ability, yeah. is pretty... But the spaces where you place your dragon cards... <laughs> yeah. Okay, so steak and diamond, four hearts. Toast and anvil, two hearts. Or anything, two coins. Yeah. It's, it's, it's filth, isn't it? I love it. I absolutely love it. This is uh, obviously a, a special card so it's um you when you gather at the shop you you gain a coin yep just as standard uh which is is powerful man those coins are really useful in the game and they're worth one point each at the end yep so you could just hoard coins and gain points at the end which is brilliant but uh yeah we had 10 of these to give away and i'm yet to hear from six people james so we shall uh we shall take it in turns to to, to say some names shall we okay starting off the the six people that uh, we're yet to hear from would be, uh, oh, I, I picked the wrong one to go here from, haven't I, James? <laughs> Nicka Augustine. Uh, Christina Malcolm. Louise Shaw. Michael Snow. David Gumbrell. And uh, apologies if I pronounce this wrong, Jelaine Miranda. Very, very nice. So there are six people that we are yet to hear from. 
uh, with regards to your addresses so that I can get these promo cards sent out to you. You are the lucky winners. Thank you very much for taking part. James, this was really fun for me because this is probably the first time we've done a proper giveaway. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was really happy when you told me that we'd got these and that we were actually able to run a... Uh... An actual, yeah, proper giveaway. So I guess we really should thank uh, Cardboard Alchemy for, for sending us the uh, the promo cards. I'm amazed they sent us as many as they did. But um, yeah, really, really happy we ran it. Congratulations to all the winners again. All of the winners will be announced on social media if you haven't seen it already, because this podcast will come out a week after yep. the uh, the end of, of that um, giveaway. So, yeah, thank you very much, guys. It's been great. Hopefully, we can do some more giveaways in the future. Yes. But uh, don't forget, let us know where you live. But, James, it's a topical discussion today. I let you know what it was, what, seven hours ago? Yep. When I actually made the decision what, what it was going to be. Um, and there's no real motivation as to why I wanted to do this one. It just popped into my head that it was a discussion I'd like to have, James. So are you ready? Yes. Let us do it. Okie dokie, guys. So topical time, topical time. Today we are talking about friendly local game stores, James. Why are we talking about friendly local game stores? I don't know. Is it potentially because you're missing our one? I, I mean, I am very much missing our, our friendly local game store, 100%. And we are actually quite unlucky, really, around here, because we don't technically have one that's that close. We have, I think, the Gamers Guild in Red Hill, Rygate. Yep. It's, I think it's officially in Rygate, but I class it closer as Red Hill. Yeah, Red Red Hill Rygate's one of those weird towns where they kind of just drew a line up the middle of the hill. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, there we go. That's one side, that's the other. Yeah. Um, we've got, I think it's Dyson Drinks, I think it is, in Burgess Hill. And short of that, the next one's probably Brighton. Yep. So we don't really have anything that's close to us. Um, but we've been to quite a few game stores now. Um, we go to London quite a bit yep on our on our spare days and we we frequent the places down there i think we've previously done an episode about the bad moon cafe yep we've been to drafts we've been to i forget the name of it the orcs nest yep. um is it piccadilly that that's in wherever the harry potter stage show yeah, is it's, it's there tottenham court road technically yeah it's, it? it's quite close to tottenham court road yeah um that amazing wing shop Yes. Uh, chicken wings, yeah. <laughs> but, we, uh, but we digress. <laughs> but we very much digress. We're here to talk about friendly local game stores and, more importantly, what we personally like to see in a friendly local game store. So, James, have you had time to think about it? Yes. Excellent. What, what, what would be the first thing you'd say that you enjoy seeing in a, in a good friendly local game store? Uh, well, the first thing that i would look for is a welcoming atmosphere yes yeah i mean that that goes without saying i think really um and and i think my, the, the first thing i would have always said as well the, cl- the clues in the name mm. it needs to be friendly it needs to be welcoming and you know uh what what do you what do we mean by welcoming because for me if i walk into a store you know a lot of stores you'll go into and they'll always welcome you yeah but then you know, do, do they leave you be? Do they pounce on you? Do they, do they not leave you alone? Or, uh... So for that, it's not even that one. I'm talking, like, a good gaming store to me will 
the people playing the games will be having fun. There'll be a general atmosphere of mm. fun in there. You don't want it to be like one of those little country pubs where you walk in and everyone looks at you and goes, you're not from round here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> that sort of thing. It's, you know, all the good ones I've been in, you've opened, you open the door to the sound of effectively laughter and people enjoying themselves. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that, that's that's definitely friendly and welcoming, 100%. I mean, the que the question I would have for you is, do, is, is that something you think is integral, though, to a friendly local game store, is to actually have the ability to be able to play games I wouldn't, within the store? I wouldn't say it's integral. I, it's always nice. Mm, yeah, because obviously space is a, is a premium. Yeah. Obviously, in a lot of places and building size yeah like i know comes um, at a cost what, one of the ones you listed that we go to in london the orcs desk obviously is tiny yes yeah i fully yeah. understand why they don't have a gaming section in yeah there. i mean i'm almost certain that my living room is bigger than the yeah. orcs nest but i like it i yeah. like the store but it's still it's still, ha friendly. it still has that atmosphere but yeah even the ones that don't have gaming spaces they have regulars and those mm. regulars are usually providing an atmosphere yeah yeah no i mean i can't I can't fault that at all. It's, it's, it's spot on, really. Um, but, you know, I sort of, when I was thinking about what I was writing down today, I sort of kind of tried to figure out, it's like, well, what, what do I view as a friendly local game store? Is that because you've got friendly local game stores like the Orcs Nest, which are shops. Yeah. Then you've got places like what we used to have in Crawley. We had the comic shop, which yeah. didn't start as a friendly local game store, but kind of morphed into it. But was Did we have it had a game nothing space? Nothing to do with that at all. No, uh, it kind of yeah. It, it it had a gaming space, but it was primarily a shop. But then towards the end, it it morphed more into a, a gaming cafe. Yeah. Uh, then you've got the dedicated gaming cafes. You've got places like Drafts, which is actually a bar. Yeah. You know, there's there's lots of different versions. But do you think they all fall under the category of a friendly local game store? Yes. Okay. They don't have to sell. No. Okay. Fair enough. I, I I think I agree with that. It's I think a friendly local gaming store is just a space that is allowing access mm. to the hobby in some way, whether yeah. that be purchasing of new games or ability to play existing games. Yeah. No, that's that's and that sort of thing. I think most of mine do focus more on the the ones that do have gaming spaces. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, because, like I said, while it's not essential, to me, it's a massive plus point. It's like, oh, I can actually play the game that I've just yeah. purchased. I mean, I, I would actively say one, one of the key things for me when it comes to an, any type of FLGS is the community vibe. Yeah. Uh, which is, I think, what you you were sort of hinting at, really, with, with what people are doing there with their friendly atmosphere. You know, and, and engaging with the community, having the community present and stuff like that. And that's definitely easier... <laughs> for somewhere that has gaming space because then yeah. the community is in the store whereas in, in a shop i guess they have it a bit harder yeah in the sense of yes you're selling to members of the community but how are you connecting the community yeah i mean a lot of the ones that i've been to I, I, this probably isn't the case for all of them but a lot of the ones that i've been to where they don't have their own gaming space mm they will usually associate or advertise at the very least for a local gaming club. Yeah, yeah. And that's 100% something I, I'd written down is, is assign, no, aligning yourself with other gaming-related community yeah. projects, whether it be a game club 
or maybe a bar that hosts yeah. I mean, a game it's not night. A, I got that. It's just to me, it's just good business sense. It's mm. like, I want repeat customers. Repeat customers in gaming means that they got to have somewhere to play games. Yeah, 100%. I want you to buy this game. I want you to go and play it. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to come back to me and buy more games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And ultimately, I mean, we're talking about bricks and mortar store here. Yeah. And it goes without saying, every business went through that two-year period. Yep. Not that long ago, where it was tough, and I think brick and mortar stores, especially within our hobby, are still suffering from that because we all got so used to buying everything online. Yeah, it's now we've got to try, try and transition back over into supporting the friendly local game stores. Yeah, because yeah, we're, we're used to just oh, got my phone, click order, done. I've paid less. Yeah, you know, and and that, that's always going to be a thing. It'll always be cheaper online, but. You know, the friendly local game store is is still, in my eyes, the most important thing. Oh, they're, they're, to me, they're essential in this hobby because they are, like you said, they're hubs of the community. Yeah. They're not just selling spaces. They are hubs of the community. Mm. And as I said, we, we, we're complaining that we're unlucky. You know, we actually have a Warhammer store in Crawley. So, you know, for all the Wargame people in Crawley, that's great. Uh, they've got a hub yeah. where they can play it. But other than that, I think this is why, again, our game club, gets quite busy do a whole episode though on how they're not the community well, hubs that they yeah. used to be yeah and that's a crying shame yeah very very true and you know in all fairness that's not having a pop at the people who actually run them no. because i know a lot of them are just as that's you know obviously a business decision that's way above them yeah exactly. but yeah it's this it's a crying shame that they are no longer the gaming community hubs that they used to be yeah so before we you know because i i, I want to talk about some of the differences but before we move away from the store yeah front side of things i actually like my friendly local game stores to be different depending on which category they fall in so as a store for me i i need 100 i need a respectable range of games yeah and I also feel that they should have other assorted nerdy gear and, and merch. Yeah. However, at no point should the nerdy gear and merch outweigh or even come close to outweighing the amount of games yeah. that are being sold. I agree. Um, I see that far too often. You know, again, I won't name any names because I, I go to a hell of a lot of game stores, but more and more I see random merch and other nerdy stuff taking over more and more space of a dedicated game store yeah which means all those games are then crammed into a much smaller space which means the range of games is much smaller which actually kind of leads me on to one of my other things that i feel should be the case with regards to a game store you have to have that variety of games for all levels of game and i even think they need to have the rat you know the what we would commonly referred to as bad games yep your monopolies your your cludos and stuff like that because they make money and they need to be there doesn't mean that you're going to sell it to mr i love heavyweight games yeah but you need those games you need gateway games you need lightweight games you need medium medium heavy heavyweight games you need to represent everyone yep what about you? Do, you? do you feel that that's something that should be in place in I, every... I, I do. Uh, one of mine for a selling shop, um, well, I'm going to clarify this point in a minute, is you need to have good knowledge of your products. 
Oh, that yeah, doesn't 100%. mean you need to know the rule book for every single game you sell inside and out. Mm-hmm. But I've been to a couple where it really did feel like they just gone to a uh, like a games wholesaler, bought a bunch of games that went, oh, this is the flavor of the month. I'm going to sell this. Yeah. And not done any kind of research as to what the game is yeah. or anything like that. See, I, I, 100% I'm with you on that. Which, because it, it, when, if I'm going to a dedicated game store, especially if it's not me, yeah, you know, if, if say, for example, oh, I've just had my birthday, James. Yep. My family like to get me something gaming related. <laughs> they can't do it so much now because we don't have a dedicated game store anymore, but they would used to go to the game store yep. and they would be able to talk to them about the games I have. And I would know that the knowledge in that store was enough that I wouldn't end up with a game that... I'm likely not going to like. Yep. They're not going to sell me. They're not going to sell them the hot game of the month just because it's the hot game. Yeah. They're going to sell them based on the knowledge that my family has given them. And then they've made an educated decision. Okay. Well, if they like that, that, and that, that sounds like they might like this game. That's a really good way to be. Yeah. It also, I mean, it goes back to what you're saying about you needing games for everyone. It's like, you've got to cater for the people who are new to the hobby. Yeah. who are walking into a game shop and going, effectively, oh, I'm actually thinking of purchasing my first game. Mm-hmm. What's this like? Yeah. And I think there, again, the knowledge comes into it because just because they're new to the hobby doesn't mean they need a gateway game. Yeah. You get to talk to them. You get to know them. You can probably assess at that point, like, okay, right, now we need to lead them towards Pandemic. Or, okay, these guys sound like they're a bit more clued up. They've done a bit more research. They might be better with something like Betrayal at House on the Hill. You know, it's just a little bit little bit more, but not too much. Yeah. Because, again, there's no point in going, here's, here's Gloomhaven. Yeah. You know, to someone new, because they're going to look at it and go, uh, no way. You know, it, so knowledge, I think, is key, 100%. Yeah. And I, I think that actually carries across most of the stores. Yeah, it, it does. it's knowledge and basically not upselling like you said it's like you're not gonna have someone walk in and you're gonna you know regardless of what their playability is here's the latest big box game because it's got a large price mark yeah and i will say that actually in in defense of uh friendly local game stores i'm yet to find one yeah that that i've ever felt pressured into selling or, or to buying or anything like that yeah and it's because most of the game stores do what they should do which is the people who work there are involved in yeah. the community quite heavily. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I, I want to talk about the cafe type of store now, James. Um, I I think I'm in a bit of a minority here because for me, if you're operating like a cafe type of store, so this one covers your, your gaming cafes, your gaming bars, yep. gaming pubs, all that kind of stuff, where the primary business is coming from table fees people sitting down at the table playing games yep when i think about this kind of place i'm actually far more on the side of i want the majority of the games in that venue to be on a games library yes that i can take games from play on the tables in the store and enjoy playing games yep i have no problem if they have a small section for for selling games because you know that's additional money that's great i've played the game oh, I really enjoyed that. Now I might be able to order it. What I don't like to see is I go in, I see all the new hotness games yep. on this shelf. Oh, hang on a minute. They're all for sale. Oh, oh hopefully they're on the the, uh, the board game library. And I walk over to the board game library and it's just full of old, out of production games, really bad condition games. Yep. You know, they're, they're all broken boxes. They're tattered. They're torn. 
you know, and there's nothing in there that's been out less than five years. Yep. Because a lot of the time I'm not wanting, you know, I've got all these games because, you know, I bought them five years ago when they were hot and new. I don't like going to somewhere that's got nothing but old games. Yep. And I, I think really when you're operating that business of providing the table space and providing the games for people to play, you need to have a rotation of games with new stuff being added all the time. Yep. Maybe even a dedicated section on the library. Here's what's new. Yep. You know, that's what I like to see. What about you? Yeah, definitely. Well, as soon as you start, I said that let's move on to it. Um, my, my first thing for a gaming cafe is a well-provisioned gaming library. Yeah. I mean, do, do you remember, we recently went to Drafts in Waterloo. Yep. Uh, in London. How did you feel about their games collection? Like, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> it, it was massive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, we went to the other one as well a while yes, back. Been, um, yeah. and that, that really was an impressive games library. Yeah. I mean, you, you're talking, I mean, for, for, for board gamers out there who know how big the Calaxes are, mm. you know, we're sat next to a 5x5 five five Calax. They have the equivalent of what? 20 of them yeah you know it's a lot of games hell of a lot of games and they were all relevant games i wouldn't say there was anything there that i looked at and went what the hell's that doing on there yeah you know and yet they still catered for all types of gamers james yep because i saw things like uno on there yep and it's like do you know what i may turn my nose up at that but we're in we're in london Mm -hmm. a random person can walk in here with their group to have a drink at the bar and go, oh, yeah, no, actually, we'll, we'll play that for a bit of a laugh. Yeah. It's great. It's atmosphere. So that's that's important to me. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think about a couple of places that we've been in the past couple of years. Yeah. Uh, including places that were fairly local. And I remember going and seeing their board game library and there was, you know, a, a bookshelf with maybe 20 games on it that literally looked like it had come out of someone's attic. Yeah. And I was like, no one's ever going to touch them. You know, it was it was just so off-putting to me. Yeah. So well-stocked game library with good rotation of games for a board game cafe type of store is uh, something I love. I mean, they're the key things I would say that I keep separate. Have you got anything else that you think one over the other needs to have something different or? Uh, yeah, I think when it comes to the uh, the game and cafe side of things, like you say, obviously they do provide food and drink. Yep. Um, I'm not so much of a fan of the ones that do full-blown meals mm-hmm. because yeah. if I've gone there, I've gone there to game. Yeah. And like you said, it's like it's it's a busy night and if I've gone there to game and there are 10 tables taken up with people who, who are having a full meal, yep. it's like by all means do hot food, mm. like snack stuff yeah. that can sit on the side of the table while you're gaming. So it's something you can guzzle down in you know, 20 minutes or something. Yeah, like, like most of the ones that we are, like they'll do pizza, they'll do... Yeah like a bowl food like chicken yeah. wings that kind of stuff but yeah, no if you're ordering like a full roast dinner yep <laughs> th- th- there's there's an actual restaurant across the street it's like yeah yeah no i'm 100 percent with you on, on that one i think i've made my yeah. views on that very clear in the past yeah um and you know to, to expand on that i know there's some board game stores that also do the same you know they're, they're, they might have one or two tables in there and they're trying to sell something more than literal snacks. Yeah. You know, and it's like, what are you? Are you a shop or you're a cafe? Yeah. Because there is, you've got to make that distinction. And I think flittering between the two, while might feel like a good idea to try and capitalize on as much of the market as possible, I just don't feel 
like you, you you don't know your own shop's identity yeah it's not that it's just i think it's you know to be critical here i think that's it was detrimental to r1 mm, yeah that they they did that and it's not necessarily a bad idea it's just you probably don't have the capital to provide the staffing yeah to do both yeah yeah, and I think location is a huge thing as well. Like, you know, we, we, we're talking about our own one there. I, I do feel that because you were sort of trying to go more in the direction of food because food does bring in a does bring in a price. Um, it does cost money to set up. Yep. Which is it, does it outweigh the costs of profit? Yep. I don't necessarily think it is, especially as you were on, in our town, we had the old high street. The old high street is full to the rafters of restaurants yeah and food places in and general. food places and coffee places you know you you were in a crowded marketplace and uh, yeah i think going in that direction did and didn't yeah. work well like i said the, the ones that like you mentioned there where they try and do both like i said i just think they spread themselves too thin mm. you've either got queues at the food section or you've got queues at the yeah shop section because you know they're trying to do all that work and yet they've got two or three guys frantically running between the two trying yeah. to do everything it's like if you want to do this you need to invest fully yeah. in it otherwise it's not going to work and you're going to drive people away yeah again if you're going down the full full meal route how how do i feel about sitting down with my group to eat eat a meal and then having you know someone walking past me every two three minutes knocking my back forward yeah because they're trying to get to the shop yeah, yeah. Oh, ne- next, right next to me, where the the you know the the shelving is for all the games. Yep. You know, you kind of expect it a little bit when you've got like a board game library. Yeah. But usually they'll come and select their game. They'll go and sit down. Then that'll be it until yeah. But I've another al- table runs out. I've also noticed that in places like that, the games library does tend to be away from the seating area. Yes. So obviously space permitting. Yeah. You know, because obviously as yeah, we the, said, space is a premium. E- even then, it's still set back enough so yeah. that you haven't got to, like you said, bang into people who are yeah. sitting at the tables, regardless of whether they're eating or gaming. It's sort of like yeah. it will be set in a place where it's easy to get to. Yeah. So I mean. Sticking with the the food and drink aspect, James is. I mean, this is something I feel very strongly about. I get food and drink; it, it brings in money. It does bring in money, so I definitely feel it should be there. The problem I have is a lot of places will hike the prices. Yeah, and I think if you you've got that captive market of gamers coming in to play games in your cafe, you shouldn't be charging them three pound for a coke can. You know, it's it's not on. Because you want, again, it adds into that friendly, welcoming atmosphere. Yeah. I don't feel welcomed if I know I'm going to be in here for three hours to play this game. The likelihood is I'm going to need at least two to three drinks. Yeah. And if I'm looking at three pound a can of Coke, that's nine pounds. Plus whatever I've paid for my my, my seat at the gaming table. You know, we constantly bang on that this, this hobby is meant to be a cheap hobby. And we bang on that you should be supporting your friendly local game stores, including the cafes, but it's not cheap if you're basically paying the cost of the game to sit down and play it. Yeah, it's, you know, we've had this conversation about a lot of things, and that is when it comes to money, Mm -hmm. loyalty only goes so far. Yeah, 100%. Before price consideration starts Mm -hmm. to come into it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think... You know, I have a that, lot. That, you know it, it, you've just summed it up right there. It's like a lot of these places obviously have their rules about, you know, only stuff 
purchased on site can be can be done mm-hmm. and most people will respect that if you're say say the average can of coke is a pound these days you might charge a little bit more you might charge 120 130 but like you said you're starting to get into the two three pound range yeah uh, and yeah the corner shop down the road selling them for 80p so yeah i'm sneaking that can of coke in here yeah yeah exactly so i think because i, I have a lot more respect when when prices are of a more respectable level. Yeah. You know, I have no problem with you charging a little bit more than the corner shop on the end of the road because at the end of the day, the corner shop on the road, I buy it and I leave the shop. Yeah. Whereas I, I don't mind paying that little bit extra because I'm buying it and then I'm using your space to, to drink it within reason. Yeah, within It's you know, not just that. It's like, you know, we run a gaming club. We have a bookers card. We know how much this stuff actually costs. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you're not... Yeah, playing that one off on me. Yeah, and especially when you, when you it's not even cans, it's you know from a tap because it's it's pence. Yeah, you know, and to charge four or five quid for a, a pint of coke, it, it's it's not on. No, you know, I, at the end of the day, you're charging beer money. Yeah, for coke, I'm just going to drink the beer. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's um that's that's one of the things I, I definitely look for there. Now, should we stick with price, James? Price. Because this is shop and cafe, I think, uh, money. Where do you stand on money? Where do you stand on... Where, 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 where do I stand on money? I wish I had more of it. Well, yeah, I think we all do. Um, you know, you say about loyalty and stuff like that. I do take price in, into consideration when it comes to the friendly local game store. And I do find that that affects my opinions on a friendly local game store. If I go in there and they're charging the full price... Yeah. For a full RRP price for a game, I then start looking... You know, I, I will be probably a bit more... What's word that I can think of here? I will be a bit more judgmental of everything else if they're charging the full RRP. I don't expect them to compete with online. No. Well, but yeah, I, I, I think there needs to be something. I think the best example of this I can give you, and I don't know if you remember this conversation, I think it was with the guy who who runs our local mm-hmm. Warhammer store. Yeah. When we were talking about independent retailers versus yes. Games Workshop. Uh, and it was that thing of, look, I want to support you. I really do. You're my local store. I don't want you to disappear. But you're asking me, loyalty-wise, to choose between, I think we used the, um, I think it was the Bloodthirster when the new kit first yeah, came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was £95. Something along those lines. And it's sort of like, we're not even talking online. We're still talking bricks and mortar to bricks and mortar comparison. Another store, very popular store, who I won't name, Mm -hmm. London-based, around the Shepherd's Bush area, um, is selling it for £65. And that's not even the online price. If you buy it from the online store, it's even cheaper. Yeah. Loyalty, you're asking me to pay an extra, what, 30, 35 pounds in the name of loyalty? Yeah. yeah. That's a big ask. Whereas, yeah, I can go to said retailer, buy the same kit and another smaller kit. For, for the, the price that you're charging for this. And it's like you said, I, I'm not expecting a bricks and mortar game store to match a, a giant online retailer. That's mm. just not realistic. But when you're talking differences of... 30 yeah. to 40 pounds yeah yeah i mean that was an extreme example yeah, yeah but, but i have seen it yeah 100 percent. yeah and, and it's just sort of like you, you're stretching loyalty here because you know i'm not made of money yeah exactly um 
So, I mean, it wouldn't stop me or it wouldn't make me say that it's a bad friendly local game store if they're charging retail prices. But I I would be hard pressed to buy the bigger box games yeah. at full RRP because I know that I can get them substantially cheaper. But I would still want to support the store as much as I possibly could. The It's not that. I think you are right in a way of... I, I think I'd be the same, though, about judging be a lot more judgmental on everything that that store is offering if yeah. their prices are that high. It's like, okay, why do you warrant that when even other bricks and mortar stores aren't charging yeah. Yeah. as much? Yeah. Why are you and what makes you worth it? Yeah. I think what I'm what I'm really getting at for me is I expect or I, I respect a friendly local game store if they have a much more adaptive pricing structure. You know, I have no problem with full RRP games, but if that full RRP game is sitting there and sitting there and sitting there, it's not making you any money. Yeah. And what I've seen in some retail stores is they've bought in a game. It's been there for, let's say, eight months. Then the price of buying that game in has gone up and they've then raised the price of the game that they already have in the store. It's like, well, if it wasn't selling at the previous price, it's not going to sell at that higher price. So what I mean by adaptive pricing is that's been sat there. Keep an eye on your product. It's been sat there for six months. It's not sold. Right, now we need to do a sale maybe. Um, I never want them to lose money on a game, but they need to rotate the stock so that there's always something new. As I said, if they can have a whole dedicated section to what's new, that's great because then when I walk into a game store, I'm pretty up to date with what games are coming out, but I would like to walk into a game store much like Games Workshop usually do with their stores. There is a dedicated bay with what's new this week. I can just go to it and go, oh, that's cool. Yep. And it's off the shelf. It's in my hand. I'm looking at it. And if it's in my hands yep. with, my, with me looking at it, you have a better chance of taking money out of my wallet than if it's sat on the shelf in amongst all the other stuff that I've already seen, Yep. and I might miss it. A dedicated what's new section is always good. Yep. Adaptive pricing is also something that's good, because there might be a game that I look at initially and go, oh, I'm not really sure, and then a couple of months down the line, oh, do you know what? I'll give it a go now, because it's now a little bit cheaper. It's worth me taking the risk. I like adaptive pricing. I have just thought of something that kind of links into what you were just saying there about something that would put me off a lot okay. of gaming store which is, can I judge how long this game has been on the shelf by how much dust is on top of it? Yep, or some bleaching Yep, as well. That's the other thing I, I would say. And this, again, it, it kind of works in with adaptive pricing, doesn't yep. it? Because it's like, well, if there's a lot of dust on it, I know it's been there a long time. Why has it been there a long time? Some bleaching. They've probably had it in the front window, haven't changed it quick enough. You start fading on the box. Why should I now pay the full price or even your asking price for something that is arguably damaged yep you know I, you know the amount of i'm times. guilty of this as well because my calyx is right in front of the front in front of my big window there james i know that if i turn some of these games round, yeah you'll be able to see which sides are some bleach because i don't turn them yeah you know whereas in a business environment they should be rotated regularly yep uh, the amount of times I've thought and I've seen the Sunbleach boxes and then looked at the games library and gone, that game's not on the games library. Why is the Sunbleach box yeah. not come out and gone in the games library? Yeah, because exactly. like you said, I'm not going to, it is effectively a now damaged product. 
perfect place for it is the games library. Yeah. Expansion on games library. And yeah. I, you touched on it earlier is if you are selling games and providing a games library, at least one copy of every game you're selling should be in that library. Yeah. Because how many times have you walked up to a game and gone, oh, like, look at that, but I've not played it before. Mm. Oh, it's on the games library. I can actually try yeah, it. Exactly. Or fill the components and stuff like that. Yeah, 100%. I do agree with you on that one. This actually goes back to our, our pricing structure. I like a friendly local game store that when it is financially viable for them, I like a rewards program. Make me loyal. Yeah. Give me a reason to be loyal. I buy war games, which we used to frequent. Uh, they had somewhat of a, a reward scheme, which was, I think I would arguably say, too good. Because I think if if you like shopped there like 10 times or something, you got like an extra percentage off. And it was a big percentage. And they already did 20% off. Yeah. So I, I think it was too much. But I ended up buying stuff quite quickly, gaining that that benefit and then i would save my big purchases yeah right until i had that 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 bonus but the point was is they then got the money from my big purchases yeah i mean i don't know if i'd say if it was too much because usually in those schemes they they've done the numbers to go well by the time yeah we are giving you something but by the time you've i I built up to that big bonus we've mitigated our loss when i when i say it was too much is there wasn't enough minimalization of of how much you spent in order to get a stamp yeah you know you didn't actually have to spend that much in the store to get a stamp yeah but i think i think, that, I think it needed to be i see don't, that i love don't, those reward schemes are good in terms of that but they are good business because they always have they have four, uh four rows or mm-hmm. three or four rows on the things on the actual stamp card but on the completion of each row is a different yeah. benefit to cash in yeah. so you can keep pushing it you can keep pushing it and keep pushing it until you hit the top but if you're looking for a quick discount on something i think the first one was something like five pound off or something yeah. like that yeah so if you're just looking for that quick one you can get four stamps you go right i'll have five pound off something yeah yeah so a, a reward scheme of some sort is, yeah. is always nice um this one it, it's, a, it's a strange one but james i know you'll you'll assimilate this with me Regular opening times, because how many times have we, again, I guess this is is local, um, of an evening where we've been, oh, I've got nothing better to do. What should we do? Oh, we could go and grab a coffee at our friendly local game store, cafe, whatever. And we've got there at what time they would usually be open and it's closed. Yep. And then on a day off, maybe. Oh, I'm, I'm off on a Tuesday this week. Uh, oh, I know the friendly local game store opens at 12 o'clock. Yeah. I get there at 20 past 12 and it's closed. Yep. The problem with friendly local game stores a lot of the time is they tend to be independent. Yep. And they tend to be normally opened by the owner and they set their own opening times. Yep. I need some kind, you know, it got to the point where a lot of the time I was like, right, I need this for my hobby. <sighs> is it even going to be open? Can I be bothered? Yeah. Go all the way to the town to go to the game store to find it's closed. It's raining. Do you know what? I'll pick up my phone and order it online and I'll get it tomorrow. Yeah. That is something yeah, that's, that has to it's what you, Yeah, but that, that's regardless of the fact that, yes, they can set their own opening times. But once those opening times are set, if you want regular you customers, stick to, it. Yeah. stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the odd occasion, extenuating circumstances, I get it. But when it becomes a regular thing, it's like, no, the, the opening time should be on the door. Yeah. And stick to it. That you know that that's, that's something uh, I definitely wanted to bring up. 
Um, and another one, fi- I think the final thing I'm going to bring up, James, is available staff. Now, this is something that grinds my gears in a, not to the point that I would say an independent stockist is, is bad, but you covered it earlier. A lot of people that work in a friendly local game store, they're involved in the community. If you are working in a game store, you are there to work, not play games. Right. I do not want to go to the counter to buy something and feel like I'm interrupting you playing a game. You know, and that I don't expect you to be playing a board game. I don't expect you to be playing Magic the Gathering. I don't expect you to be playing Pokemon. Whatever it is, you are there to work. If you're off shift, it's different. By all means, sit there and play games. But you are there to work. And it really grinds me when it's... Because it, it just feels like, uh, this is a load of gamers that are trying to run a business. Is that? But you're not. You're running, ultimately, a game club. Yeah. If you want to run a game club, run a game club. But you're not. You're running a business. It's a business. You're there to make money. You should have staff available at all times. Yeah. It's, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with the staff playing games as long as the till is manned. Yeah. Effectively. It's like, like the counter to that would be, I'd like to see more gaming shops. Can't believe the words are about to come out of my mouth. Actually use the games workshop model and run intro games mm. or things like that, you know. Like, demo games. Yeah, yeah, demo games for new guys. As long as you are not detrimental. It's just like, this goes for all lines of retail. It's like, I pick something up off the shelf and I walk up to the till and no one's there and I start looking around. Mm-hmm. Um, I know... Again, our local one used to suffer from this because they didn't even have a uniform Mm -hmm. where, all right, I'm in here quite a lot. I know who the staff are. If I was just a punter who's walked in off the street, I'm going to be standing around going, where where are the staff? Yeah. Because in all seriousness, you couldn't tell who who was staff and who was customers in there Mm -hmm. unless you knew them. Yeah, exactly. And it was just sort of like, okay, after two, three minutes, this is going back on the shelf because no one's come to serve me. Yeah. And and more often than than not when I when I've been in places that operate on that that system. Yeah. I've seen people go up to the till, they're looking around, and then next thing you know, they've left the stuff there and they and they've gone. Yeah. Yeah, you've lost a sale. That's not great business. Um, it's not very professional. You know, if I want to buy something or I want help, yeah. I need to know that it's there. You know, I'm I'm as I said, I'm fairly gifted in the sense of I know a fair bit about you know the hobby and stuff like that. I don't usually need help. Yeah, but I'm not here to ring myself. Yo, you haven't got a self service till in here. There needs to be someone around at yeah. all times. And it, I suppose it's different if you looked over and saw the staff member with another customer helping exactly. them. Yeah. Oh, okay, right, the guy's over there. Will be over in a minute. But yeah. yeah, if you're looking around going, I don't actually know who the staff are. I can't even ask someone because I don't know who yeah. wh- who works here and who's just in here to play games. It's like yeah. The till should be manned. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I, I did write down some some you know turnoffs for me when, when it comes to. I think we've covered most of these already. Um, if I walk into a place and I find it to be quite elitist and clicky, yeah, you know, well, like, well, I think, I, I the co- manager's only playing games with his his group of friends. Well, like, I I, oh, co- no. I, co- I covered that earlier, didn't yeah. I? Like when you walk in and everyone looks at you like, oh, yeah. you're you're not from here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, lack of stock is the biggest turn-off for me if I'm walking into a store. Um, yeah, the lack of knowledge. That's definitely something that, uh, that I was going to bring up and say, yeah, it's, it's a massive turn-off for me. Um, I like to be welcomed. You know, I like to be acknowledged when I walk into a store. But yeah, anything more than, you know, maybe a, a how, how are you doing, what are you here for today, that I can deal with. 
But if I say, oh, no, I'm just, just looking, don't then stand there and watch me like I'm a shoplifter. Yeah. Can't stand that. Um, th- this one is a tough one for me because this is probably the reason I don't personally own a game store. Yeah. I despite mean, the fact for lack of money, I, but I, you cannot, cannot be judgmental when you are running a game store. Yeah. If I'm talking, if I want to talk to you about a game, the last thing I want as a customer is for you to go, oh, no, you don't want to play that rubbish. Oh, no, you want to play this. This this is this is the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. Everything about, you know, we joke about it. Monopoly all yep. the time. You run a store, the last thing you want to do is start tearing into someone when they come in talking to you about Monopoly. Yeah. It's not friendly. It's not welcoming. It's quite degrading to the person. Yeah, that it might, it might, that mass- might, it might I, be their favourite game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, an attitude like that, anyth- if I ever see, I mean, at that point, it's not a friendly local game store, it's just a local game store. Yeah. But if I ever saw something like that, I would never go in a place like that ever again. No. I will put one caveat onto your one of, because I do agree with you about like the pressure selling and watching you. I do have to, like, because it is a bugbear of mine, but I also have to moderate myself on that one because quite a few times I've gone in and I I do have that sort of thing of, no, I'm just browsing, mate, but I've also been the only person in the shop. Yeah. Where I do feel a little bit sorry for the clerk who's like, (laughs) well, yeah, all right, he's not going to stand and stare at the wall. Yeah. You know, granted, they usually make themselves busy, but yeah, all right, he's, he's going to hover. I'm the only person in here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, what I say, what I mean when when it comes to that is, the, you I, don't like the Games Workshop model. Yeah, let's be honest with that. I, I was going to bring that up earlier when you said um, when you said about their new section, which is brilliant. But how many times have you immediately put something back on the shelf in there because you've they, they, they then turned around and gone, oh, would you like to buy this, this, this? Here you go, upsell, upsell, upsell. It's yeah. like, well, you know, I was going to buy this, but now, no thanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, friend, it's it's not difficult to come up with a good friendly local game store yeah but i do think it's difficult to really maintain it and get the the word out there that's that that is the hard part but i think providing you have the correct stepping stones the correct building blocks in place i think any game store can thrive (coughs) you know within reason you know location is still a thing and, and and all that kind of thing but i do think you know, if you have those building blocks, the word does get around pretty quickly. Yeah. Providing you've got the community around you. And ultimately, all of these things can be dealt with with community. Yeah. I do think as well, again, I think it goes back into your thing as as well for the, for the local ones is about not being judgmental. And also, if you are running a friendly local gaming store, is not to go into the pitfall of tailoring it to what you like as a game. Oh, 100%. That, that's... It's painfully obvious when you go into some of the smaller independents and that's exactly what they've done. It's like, I remember having the conversation with the guys who ran our local one. Mm. You know, it took a while, but it paid off. It's like, look, I know you don't, it's not your thing. We, I know what your gaming tastes are, but you need the big boys in here to mm-hmm. try and think, right? You need a, a, a small games workshop stand. Yeah. You need, like, all right, you have magic because you've got into those, but yeah. You need magic tournaments. You need Pokemon. Yeah. You need the big boys. I think. I think again, providing you've got the space to do it, I think regular events. Yeah. Is is something that that is great for the community and yeah. I, I just think a lot of these things does depend on space. You know, if you've only got a small, t- tiny little unit, then yeah, you're the a thing shot. Is, they're not these these places aren't 
the the, the demons that people make. If you've only got a small shop, mm-hmm. their company rep is going to come down and go, "You've only got a small shop." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the majority of them won't won't even care. But it is. <laughs> it's like it's like any form of retail. It's like you need those drawers to get. Especially when you're starting up, you need those drawers to get people through the front door. Yeah. And it's like like any other kind of thing. There are names that are known. Mm-hmm. As soon as you put them in the window, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. I mean, perfect example for me um, is I can't stand Magic: The Gathering. If I owned a game store. I would one hundred percent stock it. Stock it's it. one of the it's one of the biggest game systems in the world. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's not my thing at all. All TCGs are not my thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, if I ran a, a game shop, you bet I'd stock them. Yeah, exactly. They they are what's going to draw your money in. So you know, again, don't tailor the store to yourself. By all means, have a lot of the stuff you like. But yeah. it, and it is it, yeah. you're not only selling to I yourself. Think, yeah, we've we've spoken about how much we don't enjoy most tcgs but again it's like if i was running a store yes i'd stock them yes i'd learn how to play them because if i'm stocking it i'm going to get players coming in and asking me questions about it and yeah. i don't want to just sit there and go uh, yeah buy it Blue. yeah yeah no I, can't. I completely agree with that so it's like yes despite the fact that you might detest the game if you're selling it you really should know it, it yeah. enough to cover the basics yeah and the and the, the you know, go on to Wizards of the Coast side and read the FAQ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the bare minimum. It's what it's for. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. James, have you got anything else that you want to say about friendly local game stores? No, I think we've covered everything there, Jason. Oh, thank God for that. My throat <laughs> is killing me, sir. Tell me about it. Utterly killing me. But yeah. Do you know what? When I came up with this topic, James, I thought this was going to be a nice short episode. No. <sighs> never like that once the ball gets rolling you know well that's well, the thing why, do you know in all seriousness this is why i don't like notes because i like to go with the flow yeah i mean i, I obviously i do write my notes you know bullet point notes to remind me of the things and it's only when i was doing that that i realized actually i've got quite a, lot a, fair, to say. a fair few things that i like to say about this um so yeah turned out to be a bit longer than i thought it was going to be i thought it was going to be a nice short episode but there you go what can you do we ran out of drink a little while ago though james we did so it is time to go I definitely need a drink. So, uh, till next week, I have been Jason. And I've been James. And you have been listening to the Meeple Minded Podcast. Join us next week for more tabletop gaming goodness. Ta-ta and goodbye.